Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am some weeks, by my lovely blue-shirted, not-too-shadowed, the lighting is pretty good, co-host Kyle. And I am also joined by another delightful, handsome, deep-voiced, very tall, co-host who will introduce himself, or maybe Kyle will introduce him. I don't know. I haven't podcasted in a while. We are going to be discussing a topic this week. I do know what that topic is. It is precisely the topic that got me out of podcast retirement, so I'm very excited about it. We're going to talk about that topic. I think we scrapped the... Uh, I'm not even sure we rank things anymore. We definitely don't re-rank, so we're not going to re-rank. But by the end of an episode of some length, we will have a list that is around 10 things that are, I think, in some sort of sequence. So I'm excited. Gentlemen, what are we talking about? Thank you, Michael, for that fantastic introduction. We are joined this week by a recurring guest who our NBA fan listeners will remember from about this time last <laughs> year. This, this podcast got good reviews from, I will say it's not the most broadly appealing, like, topic that we have done but for those that are interested in the nba it got great reviews i remember that is an evergreen comment about our podcast that's true. not for everyone (laughs) but apply (laughs) very interesting for a couple people yeah quinn and ian were like loved it they like really like had positive things to say about it so we're back again this year for those of you who don't remember this is our friend david who is a big big nba fan and he also really likes the nba (laughs) so He's put a list together for us, the top 10 storylines to get excited about for the 2022-2023 NBA upcoming season. And with that, David, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me. Um, you know, really enjoyed the podcast last year. Glad you guys uh, let me back on. Didn't say anything too uh, too unapproachable here. But yeah, I think as Kyle said, like the goal of this is that if you're in the office and people are talking about the NBA and... You want to also partake in the situation around the water cooler. These are, you know, 10 topics you could whip out and maybe lay down some, uh, some hot takes for them. That's a great way to put it. This is just like is. ammunition in your, uh, NBA banter stockpile. And I really like this because that's how, that's how Kyle, I feel like, really got into football. Like the, the guest aligns, just the, the like kind of learning from Bill Simmons, cousin Sal about, some weird niche element of football at the time, especially because he couldn't gamble as much as he can now. It's really, I think, what introduced you to the to football. And I think part of it was just feeling fluent in what other people were going to talk about. It makes you more comfortable in stepping out and having an opinion on Lamar Jackson. And I think the same I know for me goes with the NBA. Just it helps me feel more comfortable because I'm not always the most knowledgeable. Yeah, hopefully we can turn the, uh, as Bill Simmons says, turn the TikTok camera on at some Kyle, point. Turn the TikTok camera. <laughs> we have a Kyle here that we can ask to do that. I don't have a TikTok, so it's going to be trouble. We do not have a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean, you know the format, David. I assume you have prepared a list. We'll go through that list from 10 to 1. I don't yeah, think don't we'll go 1 rank. to 10. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll get started. Uh, number 10, this should appeal to the kind of hometown here. I called it Monster Garage, if you guys remember that show from Discovery Channel a long time ago. Oh my god, I didn't until you finished that sentence. <laughs> um, I call it Monster Garage, comma, Detroit. Um, kind of a little play on words there, how 
think the neutral the, the Pistons this year, I think really solid young core. Um, Kate Cunningham from last year, number one pick. Jaden Ivey, who was like a absolute sort of star out of Purdue. They have Steve Bay. He's got um, some nice veterans on their team. Like they're not going to be like this sort of like you know break the, break the bank sort of like you know get do really well in the playoffs or anything like that. But they're going to be really good this year. I think they're going to be much better than they have been in the past. They might even challenge for sort of like a a play-in tournament, which is just they have a lot. They have a competent NBA team, which I think, as we've discussed, is like a very exciting thing to be to be to have sort of in your town. What's interesting is that like the Pistons fans I know are like simultaneously very excited. They're like Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey. Like this is going to be fucking fun as hell. Like it's going to be a fun team to watch. And then in the same breath, they're like, I wonder when they're going to flip Bogdanovich. Like they like don't expect the team to contend. And are like looking forward to the trade deadline, but that doesn't take away from the fact that they're really excited about like actually watching the team play. Which is but I think play. that's that like that is so, and I'm learning this uh, the hard way with the Patriots. It's relevance and excitement about the future, even if it's tinged with some negativity. It's it's meaningful. The thing you don't want is apathy. And it's like, oh, man, so-and-so sucks. They should get rid of them. Still implies that they should get rid of them because you think there's a brighter future ahead. And I, I think that's that's where you want to be. You just don't want to be in that middle ground where you're like, whatever. Like, let Xander Bogarts go. Who cares? That, that's no fun. <laughs> yeah, as someone who's, I mean, I'm from Chicago. As someone who's lived through many forty, you know, forty-one and forty-one bull seasons, losing yeah. the second round of the playoffs, I can definitely can I can empathize with that. Little last point here on sort of Detroit. I think this is a really interesting like uh, Tibbs team for. He's currently the coach of New York, New York, uh, New York Knicks. But if that doesn't work out, this is like the perfect like he has his reputation of like he coaches player players very hard, gets them to play really good defense, they overperform, like. This isn't me like he's like a two season turnaround artist, right? Yeah. Is usually the way he's described. Yeah. So I think it's this speaks to a few through lines through this list is like the talent is just amazing across the league. Like the fact that Detroit has like these amazing players mm-hmm. and they draft really well. And then to the tanking, which we'll get into a little bit later in the list here. I also just think that the there's certain teams in certain sports that make the whole league better when they're good. Like the the NFL is better when the Cowboys are good. It just it makes the NFL more fun to watch when the Dodgers are good in baseball. People get excited because people care about and have an emotional attachment to them. And I think the Pistons are very much one of those teams in the NBA. Like those kind of early 2000s teams that had that bruising style that reminded people of the glory days of the Pistons. That was good for the NBA, and it was a good, bat, you know, kind of offset to some of the more finesse teams of that of that time. And I think just having the Pistons because they're they're going to be one of the ten teams that the randos who don't always follow the league are going to at least have some relationship to emotionally. I think that matters. My last point on this is probably the most exciting development we haven't talked about yet is that they will be bringing back. The teal jerseys. Oh yes, <laughs> which is Ooh, big fucking news. Yeah, the teal with the the horse on it. That's the teal and black. It's that is like classic see, Grant Hill vibes there. That yeah, and it's just I had like we had a basketball when I was like the only basketball we had was like a, <laughs> like a it had like the alternating sections of the basketball were like oh. black and that 
teal color mm-hmm. and it had like the the horse like pistons logo on it was so, it like, the uh, smooth or was it the nipples yeah <laughs> the super nipply so it was like, <laughs> no but but those those ones were better on the hard top yeah like if you were an outdoor in like a poorly paved well, driveway like we're i talking was about my driveway here so yeah yeah but, exactly oh, this, like, is, this is a big ball this wasn't like a mini hoop no 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 this is like an okay. actual basket. Yeah. this is like right. the basketball that i learned how to shoot with so like when i think of the pistons i think of like that teal color which that's is kind of weird and so for that to be back this year is fun for me yeah it's, there's it's a whole different thing but there's some like really truly awful colorways that are coming back and mm. um, the pistons are not fun so it's exciting to have this uh this car scene back. My number nine here, I've titled it not Pelicans, Pelicans. <laughs> uh, for those of you unfamiliar, there's a the New Orleans team um, used to be called the Hornets, and then Charlotte kind of took that back because they used to be the Hornets in the '90s, and now they're called the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. So mm-hmm. they'll play on word there, words there. But this is another sort of like super exciting young core that I would say is like maybe one level or like one or two steps ahead in the developmental process than like the Pistons in the sense of like they took the the Suns to a really sort of slogged out series last thing. Um, like they're getting Zion back. I'm sure a lot of people know who's Are they? Is. Let's, we can maybe circle that back, but like, is he going to play for real and he's going to be healthy? He, I mean, we're, I'm not one to judge people and how they look and how they not look, but he looks, I mean, he looks slimmed yeah. down. He's played in a lot of preseason games. He rolled his ankle and the whole sort of Twitterverse exploded. And I was like, wow, yes, this guy playing high professional sports rolled his ankle. Who could have thought? Yeah. So in theory, he is back. Okay. They've got like CJ, uh, CJ McCollum was like one of the most fun scorers to watch play because he's, he's so small, but he's so perfect at his, uh, sort of his craft and then brandon ingram is like he's like kind of when he's under the radar like he's like people call him like kevin durant because he's also like skinny and like can score but there's this is really deep cut about basketball but he his release is really high and it's kind of like a little bit of a slingshot thing and what this allows him to do is that if you just like google brandon ingram highlights he scores in all these different ways because his release is so Hmm. He's such long arms and so unique and things like that. And Kevin Durant does this as well, but it's just a really awesome thing to sort of watch um, kind of how he navigates kind of scoring. He's like a real sort of true bucket, as the kids say. <laughs> That's exciting because, like, I think that was a surprise, right? Like, I don't, it was because that was like a first round matchup. Like, they were an eight seed or like came out of the plane, yeah. right? And then to like give the Suns like a tough challenge is like every like good team regardless of maybe football is the exception but like a lot of teams like this that end up having really really like deep playoff runs have like the year before where they surprise like the classic example that i think of a lot is the 2015 cubs where they like randomly made it to the nlcs and like took the mets to six or whatever and like it was ahead of schedule and then all of a sudden the next year they were winning the world series and so it, it feels like the pelicans are on that trajectory of like whoa surprising playoff appearance and then it happens fast. Like this could be the year. Mm-hmm. But. That I was going to ask, do you think, David, like, do you think they could? Things break right. People stay healthy. Is it possible they win a championship? Um, they're probably not in that like inner yeah. sanctum. It, this yeah. is, again, we'll talk about this later in the thing. This is such an interesting. They could also be in the play-in. They could also miss the playoffs. Like, yeah. You have so many like Dallas is right there. All these other teams are right there. What was interesting last year is that the will he won't he play Zion was hanging over them. They got yeah. CJ at the I think close to the trade deadline. 
So that team that like took the Suns was also just like constructed on the fly. True. Yeah. They were playing a rookie, you know, 38 minutes. Herb Jones is like one of the quintessential three and D people. So it's very, this is one of the my reasons I'm excited is that they have a full season to train, all those other things. The last thing I'll say is that they have this point guard named Jose Alvarado, who was like a four year player at Georgia Tech. They got, got him to the, to the NCAA playoffs. Sounds like a technical guy who loves a good layup. <laughs> Four-year point guard. That is like a classic. This guy loves a bank shot. Yeah. No, he loves... Uh, he's like a kind of very undersized, but just like plays a lot of fire. And he does this yeah. really awesome thing that... Um, just Google like Jose Alvarado steal where he'll... They'll score, right? You know, Norris will score. He'll like hide in the corner. Yeah. And like the, the point guard will get it. He'll start walking the ball off the court and he'll just like run back behind and like steal it from the person oh my god didn't he it was like a thing that he was just like really pissing off chris paul in that series right like he was like the anti-paul yeah (laughs) that is such a type like i love i love how sports have their types and the like this guy actually stuck around for four years is a point guard they're always a pest they always play good defense they actually Mm. distribute the ball like that's just such a type i love it yeah, it was a, to go back to your point, Kyle, he actually, like, Chris Paul, like, I think the first time he did it, like, looked at him and, like, waved him, like, I know you're there, like, come on. Uh-huh. And then, like, two games later. He forgot about him. Yeah, he forgot about him, and he got him. Oh, I just, love like, that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and then I think the last, like, one of my favorite things is that, I think this was, like, first half of the season. There's this video, of just search it. Um, and Jose, like, comes, like, there's a breakdown in the defense and gets the ball. And you hear the defense go, oh, is he a shooter? And he goes, yep. And it's like, just <laughs> absolutely splashes it. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. So that's it's also a little, little flavor text there for, for you guys to, to kind of watch out wow, for. Now I'm all of a sudden rooting for the Pelicans. I know. <laughs> Me too. Pel- I, lo- I love a good hardo. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. Dylan is like, love a guy who plays defense. This he would be... If Dylan this just was sounds like Dylan. <laughs> this would be exactly Dylan. It just sounds like him. Except that this is not a knock on Dylan's shooting ability. It's just his style of play. Like if that same thing were to happen and someone would go, oh, is he a shooter? And Dylan would go, nope, and pass it. <laughs> <laughs> or say, yup, and then brick it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. He like, he, loves, loves the he like looks to the side like. Dylan is an excellent passer and really, really good at jumping routes. Yes. It's true. Yeah. So excited about that. Um, I hope to go see them play at some point, uh, sort of. And uh, I was at New Orleans this year for work one time. I really loved sort of all the food and stuff. So hopefully I can get down there for a game. Uh, moving on, number eight, I have sort of the MVP this year. I didn't have time to sort of think about a sort of catchy, catchy title here. But this is like, I think goes a, a through line again. Like the talented league is so high. Yeah. Luka Doncic is the, the odds on favorite again. He was last year. Hmm. He's kind of moving into this, like, I feel like 2005 to, like, 2009 LeBron era where, like, the guy just puts up 30, 10, and 8 every season. Yeah. But his team, you know, he's very heel-centric offense. It revolves around him. Is he going to win? An, I mean, LeBron did, right, in the, during those years. But, like, can is this the year that he can break through? Or that he's going to be, like, a 10 seed and they're not going to be – I guess, like, what? how can he – He's already putting out these huge stats. How does he ascend to be an MVP when he's being touted like this as well? Well, um, if you think about it, it's such a natural thing to say as a as a voter. Well, he didn't win last year, and he put up the same numbers. It's like a, it's a it's a weird argument structure, but it is a one that people use. So, give me the catalyst. 
But, or it could just be that his competition either A, this is a less likely scenario, his competition falls off, or B, there's just fatigue. Because that hasn't Joker won it two years in a row now. Yeah, so this is the other storyline I was going to talk about. Like, Joker won it last year playing, I'm just stealing this line from Bill Simmons, like, plays, was playing with the Washington Generals. Yeah. <laughs> and like won it and now he's has a real team and like they could be you know, we're gonna have ourselves here but then you're talking about like my people you know put the same stats and then like doesn't improve and this is the Joel Embiid argument it's like Joel Embiid yeah. is right there mm-hmm. and like putting up monster stats and like he could do the same thing this year but if there are one seed like our voters are gonna be like well he didn't get it last year it's very very rare to yeah. give it three back to back to back you've really gotta be like yeah, um, up there. So that, this is also why I think this is such an interesting storyline. Is like you've all these, and if Giannis lurking, you have like yeah. Tatum, you have all these other things. I have the, the odds up here on my screen about um, for both betting odds and stuff. So it, it's really, I mean, it's 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 a testament again to the talent in the league and how we, how you think about these storylines. It's such a fun time. I feel like I would have a hard time remembering the last wave like this that really got me as excited as I am probably i guess is like the the durantish time frame um where there was a bunch of guys who were really good like you know kind of 2000 and what 2008 9 10 11 like that range there was a bunch of guys that came into the league but um i don't remember the last time there were this many players with this wide a variety of styles in in terms of their game but also in terms of just who they are like there's some international players that have really taken off in ways that maybe they hadn't in the past there are big guys like which is a surprise it's been a while since big men have really been sexy it's just fun it's a fun time to be an nba fan and it's a really easy time to be a casual nba fan in a way that it wasn't five years ago i don't think because like my take, if you had said, "Hey, what what's your NBA take?" Five years ago, I'd have been like, "LeBron, my, he sucks, but he's great." I guess like it, it just was hard to. I don't know how invested I was in Damian Lillard, and I'm much more interested in and invested in you know Joker. Yeah, I think going back to one of our comments, I think we were talking about the Pistons and Kyle's excited for them because it's a hometown. I think it's a much higher likelihood that you wherever you, if you're from one of these major markets. There was yeah. at least a top top tier, call them top ten, but there's you know, the top ten is yeah. always you know top thirty or something like that, right? I know top top thirty talent in your in your home team that you can root mm-hmm. for, which is really exciting. There's a little less trying to make fetch happen. I think there's a lot more teams that have somebody who you actually could win a championship with. Like if if that question of can they be the best player on a championship team, I think a few years ago the answer was yes for like five guys. I think it's probably like twelve guys now. Because I think Jason Tatum is, you know, his ranking goes up and down, at least in the Boston market by the day. But he's somewhere between the 12th and 4th best player in the league. He can definitely win a championship as the best player on the team. That's awesome. That means there's somewhere between like 4 and 12 guys at least who could be the best on, you know, best player on a championship team. Yeah, just for you, Mike, I did add some notes about Jason Tatum. and He's play, currently plus 1,200 for the MVP, uh, at least whatever website I pulled this off of. What um, is that, like fifth best odds or worst odds uh, or whatever? The- sixth best odds. Sixth, yeah. It, it's interesting, though. I was thinking about like him as like kind of Dwight Howard of MVP voting. Like, oh, there no. was like a, There was a stretch between like 2008 and 2012 where like Dwight Howard was in the top 10, top 5, yeah. top 3 MVP, but never like never broke through. Yeah. Um, not saying, I mean, this is a huge sort of 
correlation causation client question but just i was kind of thinking about like are there other people who've just been in the constantly in the mix like this but never have sort of cracked through but it's also different on like what kind of league is it so it's also a question of for tatum what what does he really care about does he care about winning or does he care about being the mvp because i think and obviously the celtics are kind of a, a little bit of a hot mess right now um but I think last year he played the most minutes of anybody in the NBA in the regular season and then played a ton of minutes in the playoffs as well. And that was, I think, probably the natural growing, you know, that that's the natural cycle for a young player in his career. But I think this year, next year, the year after that, the question is, is he willing to take his foot off the gas pedal a little bit in the regular season, play, you know, fewer minutes and save it up for the playoffs a bit? And I think, you know, we'll we'll kind of learn a little bit about him if he's prioritizing winning or personal accolades. I suspect he's going to prioritize winning. He strikes me as quietly that kind of dude. Yeah, for sure. Did you did we do a not top three last year? Slash, have you prepared one for this year? I have also uh, prepared a not top three. Oh. The, uh, the emoji in my little list here. <laughs> I, um, so I will, I will truly ask Kevin to play that stanky beat. Wow. It's like we haven't even been away. David should just, just David should just host this podcast. I, I think, know, probably. Back hurts a little bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smelling it. So I I have uh, my this is kind of one, two, three, three through one. I think any not top three equally not not liking here. One, I have a, I call it point fraud. <laughs> this is a reference to a lot of people call it, call Chris Scott, Chris Paul, the, the point God. And I agree. He's very good. I agree. He wins a lot, but we have sort of a, a decade of playoff experiences where he's just like constantly sort of underperformed. And so I kind of was thinking about this a lot today. I came up with the analogy that he is sort of the, the guard Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Mm. Rudy Gobert has been on these Utah Jazz teams and has won Defensive Player of the Year and has contributed X amount of win shares and is just this all stats world beater winner, but then flops in the playoffs. And so Drew Brees, <laughs> yeah. So nothing, no, I'm nothing personal against Chris Paul. I think it's more the just sort of coronation of him as this. It's more that people are, are sort of have ascended him to this sort of god tier of basketball. When I'm like okay, if he's in this tier, he has to have these requirements and he has not hit these requirements. You know, we wouldn't have sent Rudy Gobert to this, the, the God tier of, of big men because he just hasn't had hit these requirements. So that's, it's more, it's less personal to Chris Paul. It's more my issue with how people view him within sort of the game here. The I, weird thing about Chris Paul is I thought he was going to have, and I think a lot of people thought he was going to have his end of career Ray Bork finally gets his championship moment where mm-hmm. Ray Bork is one of the top, I don't know, five, 10 defensemen of all time in, in the NHL and just was tortured by being on terrible post Bobby or Bruins teams forever. And he carried them, carried them, carried them as far as they could go. And everybody said he can't be on that special list because he hasn't won a championship. And then he kind of backed into one at the end and everybody goes, Oh, Okay, good. He's got it. We're good. He's in the club now. We've stamped his hand. I think we all thought that was just going to happen with Chris Paul. And it's weird that it hasn't. It reminds me of Dirk. How, like, 
Everyone, yes! everyone was kind of like, great, oh. great comp when they won and yeah. no one expected it to happen. And then it was like, thank God we can now like talk about Dirk like in this same and it, like, is it you Perfect really need comp. to have? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Dirk was a little bit different though, because that was also a little bit backlash against the, the, you know, not what, not, not two, not three, not six sort of yeah. like Miami Heat. True. <laughs> that sort of like, you know, uh, movement, player movement. And I'm not saying it's because he's not won a championship. It's like not. I mean, that is one. Like, if you're in this tier, like if you're in the magic, you know, magic kid, whatever tier, you need to be have that. But it's like, I mean, two years ago, right? They're up 2-0 in the playoff and in the finals, and yeah. you can't close. And it's like, all right, like, I I want to give this to you, and this is opportunity. But it's also like, you know, losing all these times in rounds one and two, and all these things. Yeah. Like, it's not just because he hasn't won a championship. It's because like. I expect you to make the conference finals more than just 2018 when you team up with one of the best players in the world currently in the system and stuff. So, yeah, um, that's, you know, again, not a personal affront to Chris Paul. If I met him in the street, I definitely would be you yes. know, uh fanboy. I think it's more just like this whole note. I think we need to tamper sort of our expectations of kind of what he is. Yeah. Number two is the Brooklyn Nets. I think this is a repeat from last year. I was listening to last year's podcast. Will Kyrie Irving finally take the shot next up on WFAN? And Brooklyn Nets, but I I kind of strike Kevin Durant away from this. I think Kevin Durant is one, I think, loves basketball, plays basketball the right way. Like, yes, he, like, tried to ask to get the coach to go away and, like, ask for a trade and all these things. But it's like, he is good enough for, I think people get really mad at him for doing this, but I'm like, he is one of the best players in the world to do this. And so, like, he gets – he has the ability to ask for these things and do this. He things, also so. gives a shit about basketball. You said it. Like, right. he's a total baby on social media. If you say, like, Kevin Durant isn't awesome, he goes to his fake lurker account and says, like, no, he's awesome. But he cares. He loves basketball. He gives a shit. Yeah. So I, I strike everything – I don't know, Kevin Durant separately. But everything yeah. on the Nets – I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say names to give more clout to certain players, but I just like. And <laughs> so it's. I think it comes. It really comes to like. Do you love basketball and do you want to play basketball and do you like? It does feel like narrator that team voice. Has, <laughs> it does seem like that team has a couple of guys who are not super interested in playing basketball. <laughs> they aren't. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, and they still collect the checks like they do. So yeah, it's uh, it's a whole and there's the whole other. Well, you know who I think could end up becoming like uh, either team, I don't know, like team mom or team shaman, nutritionist, mascot, I don't know, is Shailene Woodley. I could see her getting involved in the uh, the Brooklyn Nets mm. in some capacity. It would be very sort of like Brooklyn, Brooklyn ask for that. It so. would very, it would fit. She could teach them about eating clay and canning <laughs> her perineum and all sorts of other beautiful cures. Um, and lastly, I have, uh, like just Draymond Green in general. <laughs> that punch was amazing. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a man that size move that fast. And that was a, that was a, I mean, NBA be. player punches are so bad. That was an incredible punch. Yeah. It, feel like, it felt like a very sort of 1989 Pistons Bulls sort of punch. And knocked and him out. Was, he, he was unconscious. I, well, I... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, good that he didn't, like, break his jaw or anything. Like, Jordan, I mean, for those who don't know, Draymond Green punched another player, Jordan Poole. In, on his own team. On his own team. <laughs> I Honestly, I loved it. 
<laughs> I'm in the minority here, but I loved it. Yeah, and they weren't even like it wasn't even like Jordan Poole like undercut him on a dunker, and they were sort of talking. There's a video out of it; you can go look it up. And he just they're talking, and he gets closer, and like pull like pushes him off a little bit because he's really close, and then Fred just like swings. But you just a whole like I've always never been sort of a Draymond Green fan, but uh, but but doesn't it tell you something? I think it does. Doesn't it tell you something that the team? didn't immediately trade, cut, suspend even, or really significantly find this guy who just knocked out a player that they are going to give or just gave 140 million bucks or whatever it is to. I feel like that tells you that's an implicit endorsement and they know they know that that's an implicit endorsement. Yes, but they also there's just this huge theme about the Warriors, like they can't pay everybody, right? And they just yeah. gave like Andrew Wiggins like 109, and then they gave Jordan Poole like 140, and so like that's you're right, they didn't cut him, and that's an endorsement one way. But the fact that they didn't give him any, I mean, maybe they might, I don't know. But the fact that they didn't give him an extension yeah. is also an indictment in some other way. Right? Totally, I completely agree. But I know having been the third line player, fourth line player that I would never have had the sway on a team to punch the star player and get away with it. But if I had, if I had punched the first line hockey player as the third or fourth line, you know, kind of grinder and the team hadn't disciplined me, I would have been like, oh, okay. They thought he was an asshole too. And I guess they're good with what I did. Yeah. So also, no, no just- punches during uh uh, Notre Dame sort of uh, intramural teams practice or anything like that. A lot of hugs. A lot of hugs. All right. That was a good not top three. Yeah. So, yeah, we can leave that sort of in the dust here and move on to sort of my number seven pick, um, which is the Lakers trading Westbrook. Um, again, didn't have time to sort of come up with a catchy title here. This is – it's not just the Lakers thing. I'm not trying to Lakers home LeBron, yada, yada, yada. It's more indicative of like – um, one, it's going to be a very interesting sort of like media storyline throughout the season. Two, there's going to be a lot of teams tanking. So the draft is this year is going to be so good. And so there's a lot of teams. Basically, Russ, his, his value was like really bad in the summer and last season. But now that teams want to like actively tank, there's like a much bigger market for like, oh, we'll take on his expiring contract and your true draft picks and we'll go send him, you know, we'll send him home and he'll not play and our team will win 15 games and stuff. So that opens up some, like, really interesting trades to, like, the Blazers after January or, like, Washington for Beal after um, after sort of January 15th. And, you know, maybe to, like, Charlotte or Indiana or all these teams. And so it's interesting both from the, like, what teams are tanking, but then also, like, how does that help the Lakers? And is that right now Lakers are kind of in maybe the lower tier of the West? And does that help them rise maybe to the mid-tier and maybe even to, like, the upper tier? So that's an interesting sort of storyline to kind of watch See? through this. I guess I haven't been following this close enough. So you're saying the Lakers could actually trade him for an asset that could help them win? Because I was kind of assuming they'd have to attach like a draft pick to him oh, to get rid of him. Yeah, they'll Don't, attach this 2027, is the NBA. 2020. Well, they'll, they'll have to attach 2027, 2029, which is also part of the like, let's right. tank, let's yeah. rebuild this. But that's fine. I mean, I, I think people, I don't know. I don't think draft picks are kind of, for these teams, are not going to be worth that much. But you're saying, David, that the other teams will send those picks to the Lakers, or you're saying the Lakers will have to 
send Westbrook and a like 2027, 20, 2029. Yeah, they'll have to attach 2027, 20, yeah. 2029 20, the first. These are the like these but, are the earliest draft picks they have to then, tell you what they value. Right. But then they might be able to get back somebody that might be able to contribute. Like to Damian them. Lillard. Yeah. If you, you get that back, now you have, you know, a primary ball handler, which, you know, LeBron's always wanted and a good shooter and like big playoff person. Are the Lakers even a Damian Lillard away from competing? Like, weren't they just like, they didn't even make the play in last year. That yeah, should I mean, be the year. title of an ESP. That's like, that was like the most sports talk radio line. I love that. Are the Lakers a Damian Lillard away from contributing? <laughs> that was so good. That was <laughs> yeah, perfect. This is, this is definitely like a first take, like undisputed. Like, oh, that was so good. That was such a perfectly, that was such a perfectly delivered uh, sportsy line. We'll get back to that after the break. Thanks, guys. After the break. Thanks, Tostitos. <laughs> kind of after the break, are they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah David, David just goes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Moves on. All right, we have yeah. 58 seconds left on the clock. Um, just to answer your question, probably not, but it definitely puts them like in the mix. Yeah. And that's what, in any sort of professional sports, really, you could just ask to be in the mix. That's true. And yeah. you're injury away. You are a hot streak. You are missing 27 threes in a row yeah. away from the finals. And then you have LeBron and AD in exactly. the finals, which is like... Yeah, you're, you're, you're working with a, a baseline where if you can catch a break or two, you're in a, a really good position. Right. So I guess... And these things can change quickly. Like the, the Lakers missed the playoffs the year before the bubble, right? And yeah. The, or like were out in the first round and then they won the title next year. So yeah. like, I mean, it's all like last year, there's always these injuries with Anthony Davis. I mean, you don't have to get into the Lakers yeah. stuff, but like, sorry, this is a Westbrook, uh, number seven, but <laughs> yeah, Westbrook number seven. it feels like he could end up on the Pistons, but like not in the creative and like clever way. Like, like, like he could go there and then they accidentally win more games. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the problem though, is that like, a lot of times, like people like John Wall, right? People will trade for John Wall, yeah, or his expiring contract, and like maybe they'll play him. But John Wall isn't like a, he's a good player, but he's not yeah. like Russell Westbrook is like this additional level. Like he did that Wizards team, I think, like two years ago, yeah. where he just like dragged them into the ten seed. Yeah, like he's yeah. good for an additional five wins. They're and like, so stop. <laughs> they they would have to be like, we're gonna take you, and then we're gonna like send you home. You're yeah, not yeah, play, sort right, of yeah. Okay, moving on to number six, I have. Um, the phrase flush with cash um, <laughs> by John Ralphio from uh, from Parks and Rec. I'm just gonna write I'm just gonna write John Ralphio. John Ralphio. Flush. I can't I don't wanna do the voice. It's like Yeah. Flush with cash. I can't. I can't I'll do flush it with cash. Like <laughs> pushes over. Money right please. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline says money please. Money please to me all the time. And then I just go, band over make your knees, touch your elbows. Do, 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 do. Yep. <laughs> to be clear, that's not an int- that's not a one-to-one call and response like give me money now, bend over. <laughs> I can see how that could be. Like, I want to be clear. That's not what's happening. We're just referencing two siblings. Yeah. You want, yeah. A, you want yeah. some money? There's an easy yeah. way to get some. <laughs> oh, no. I just see like in Carolina. Some, like, like I was at a play or, or musical yesterday with my parents. I was getting some culture. And uh, yeah, I was, just, like, I was getting some culture. And there's like a cash bar. And Sarah asked me like, oh, do you have cash on you? <laughs> I can just imagine the same stereo. <laughs> Casco's money, please. And you you like, don't need to do much imagining. This, yeah. Like, that's exactly what happens. Just yells <laughs> at the top of his lungs. 
<laughs> All right. But yeah, it's flush with cash. This is more about just kind of like the, the main set, the main storyline is just like the NBA is doing really, really well. That's kind of like, it's not super, um, but there's a number of things I like to think about here. Like the Suns are selling, um, one of the owners, which will remain nameless because he's a not very good person, um, is selling the franchise, uh, or his stake in minority stake in the franchise or controlling stake. And there was like talks that it could go for like, I think two billion or like three yeah. billion. Like the Timberwolves went for 1.5 and like, there's discussions that could go as far high as like 4.5 or 4 billion, which is like that is unreal for a franchise in Phoenix. Well, I mean, Bill Simmons again. Bill Simmons laid this out really well. Is that like, you know, Phoenix is an hour from LA by plane. Yeah, right. It's just like lots of like, it's just a very attractive city, right? It's just like from that sort of part of the country, and so yeah, yeah. It's like in like. Right, you're right. Like Minnesota went for 1.5, only 1.5. It's you yeah. know, a little bit colder of a city there, and so this is really sort of like, I think, indicative of like where the NBA is going. So these franchises are just exploding in sort of value. Um, and then the other thing is that like the salary cap is going up. Like I don't think people are like ready to like realize that like these middling player, or not middling players, but these like players you don't play anymore, like play a lot, are going to be making like 10, 12 million dollars a year. Yeah, um, because just the salary cap is exploding. I think it goes up to like. And in like five years, it goes up from 123 million this year up to like 162 in five years, which is just like an that's insane a job. lot of money. Uh, yeah, and so it really sort of is. It also brings the question of like you get these like NBA draft picks that like how do you put a tangible value in like getting an NBA draft pick? Right? Like there's that yeah. whole thing with like LeBron mm-hmm. and Cleveland. LeBron was worth like 500 million dollars yeah. to Cleveland's economy, and what does this do? It's just like an insane like yeah. Um, of all this stuff they're they're flush with cash to kind of bring it bring it full circle here what's interesting is that like i feel like the narrative or one narrative over the past couple of years is that like is the exact opposite in that like because everyone like was the sky was falling because the viewership numbers were down and Mm -hmm. like the interesting thing that's happened now is that everyone has started to realize that that doesn't fucking mean anything like (laughs) like there are people like me who can have an hour-long conversation with you about basketball and watch I watched five games last mm. year. Like, the, it's just interesting that like viewership and like league success have become completely uncoupled. Right. And like, here's the proof in the pudding. Like, the Suns are going to sell for four billion dollars, maybe. But just interesting. Does this happen? And I guess you guys are a little bit more. Does this happen like baseball and I guess football, where like viewership is is not correlated with sort of like success no. of the baseball is not exploding in the same way that basketball is like this, like the values of teams are not exploding, but they are still increasing. And like for all of the talk of baseball being dead and like, it's now just a sport for old guys and nerds, like, which is like true. Old guys, nerds and Kyle. Yeah. And me. And then, well, I'm a nerd, (laughs) but like the value of these franchises is still quite high and they're still making money the problem is that like they're actually they're too profitable that you can feel the team yeah. that's just not competitive and still make money like there's a baseball has a lot of issues but like the value of the franchises is continuing to rise yeah that's not one of the problems it's it's interesting i think i knew some of this but i did read a book it's very dated at this point but it's uh called those guys have all the fun it's about espn and a big part of what it was talking about was how various uh television rights deals are negotiated uh at the kind of local regional and you know national levels and 
it's so interesting. Baseball is such a specific set of circumstances where really the yes network and then everything after it, 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 it turned into the teams building their own TV networks, setting up their own deals with those networks. And so like each of these teams has a really long term, super cash heavy deal to distribute their games and so just from a business perspective, like you could put a, you know, Acme widget corporation, like you don't even have to know what the hell you're looking at when you see the cash coming through the halls of, you know, the Red Sox or the Yankees. And so they're like, their businesses are so good that the growth of that whole business doesn't matter. It's like they're in a mature industry with really good distribution deals set up. That can still make you a lot of dough, even if there's no growth. Whereas the the NBA has got tons of, you know, it's so just structured so differently, but the mm. growth potential is just like unlimited. Even like, you think about it, even if US viewership were to actually decline, which it won't, they are really still, as we know, interested in what they could do in China. And they've, you know, grown the game a lot there, but they could keep growing the game there and they could find other places to grow because it's such a it's like tennis. It's like racing. It's a it's such a star league. It's easy, like with the with kind of relatively minimal effort to grow. Yeah, I think you uh, this is a very nice transition to that. Five and six are sort of tethered yeah. together. And number five, I've labeled go go west, young man. I'm um, talking about NBA expansion. Yeah. Um, and this is growing. This is basically the storyline of like Adam Sozar talked about, LeBron's talked about it, like putting a team in Seattle and putting a team yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I think this is also just indicative of what we were talking about in six. Like I was doing like a bat. I was thinking about this a lot. I was like, there's a 2.5 basically billion buy-in to get into the league. Right. You have to like you know, get four from this money, but like those franchises, Seattle and Vegas could be worth like, total together like 12 billion easily easily which I means mean, you just, could finance that so easily like you could finance your entire purchase of one of those teams with debt it's like buying a home if it's going to appraise out you're going to get the financing easily right. you say hey i'm going to pay my whatever four billion dollars put my two and a half plus a little bit of a premium over that but it's going to be worth six billion dollars tomorrow whoever the hell is financing that deal will go great good yeah. deal let's do it yeah, and this is where, like, yes, you're right. The, the you know, getting all this money, but like, I think it'd be awesome to have like an expansion draft. Totally. Like, the last time that happened was in 2004 with like the Charlotte Charlotte Bobcats, and 2004 was really sort of like a really the talent level of the league was so bad. Yeah. And so having it now with like all these players, I mean, we talked about all these players and these like teams that you could you could get like sort of really nice. Um, you have some two like two right away kind of competitive teams here. Um, Look at the NHL expansion with the Knights. Like, the, it didn't go as well for the Kraken, but like, it can be so exciting. Like, totally. It's also, super relevant because they're in Vegas. But like, imagine a similar scenario where you have this really fun expansion draft, and then all of a sudden you have a team that's like in contention for mm -hmm. the finals right away. Like, that was as a person who doesn't follow the NHL pretty much at all nowadays. Like, that was really fun to follow. And for someone that is actually invested in hockey, like it was even more fun. So it'd be fun to see that happen here. I also yeah. think it's fun to dream about like what could be next for the NBA because it's not a dire 
survival question. Like the the MLB thing is, how do we get a half hour off of the game? How do we, you know, get younger people more interested or else? It's always like an or else. Whereas at the NBA, like you could just dream big about some fun stuff they could do. I mean, right off the top, like I think it would be really cool if they had. I know Bill Simmons has talked about the in-season tournament. I think it'd be cool if they did like an in-season world tour. Just play every team does 10 games, 15 games in the middle of the season and every year rotate. One year it's in South America, one year it's in Africa. Like just go somewhere else for a couple months. The teams would all do it because all you would need to do is sell a couple of big stars. Like it's such a smaller group of people Mm -hmm. with so many like centers of influence that are really big stars if you just get like five if basically right now if you just got lebron to say yes it's done it's happening and i think that's a fun thing about the nbas you can just like they can do stuff they can really get like an expansion team could get done tomorrow as long as lebron wants it and he does yeah speaking of lebron i think this is my last point about he's obviously circling with family sports group about like yeah being an owner of this, uh, and not uh, just pickleball, and not just pickleball. No, the, side note: I was playing pickleball in like high school. Really, wow. so you were ahead of the pickleball curve. Oh, yeah, geez. like in 2007 or whatever. And so this is—it's kind of weird that like all these. I don't know, it's, just, it's very strange. I guess it's, it's awesome. I really I enjoy the game. Really, really like that you're a pickleball hipster. I, I, I do too. He's like, you know, I really thought <laughs> their second their second record was not quite the cosmic gumbo of the first one. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, LeBron, you know, being an owner and could be an owner player this on the team and all these other as is really uh, I think just really fun to think about as you, as totally. you said, Mike. Um, what, also, would the, what would the name is there any talk about what the names of these teams would be? Would they just call the Sonics again if they did a Seattle one? I hope so. There's so I mean, much seems like the there's so much like there's so much just like momentum and people love like my parents lived in Seattle for a couple of years. People still wear like Seattle Supersonic stuff. Oh I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's a vibe, as the kids say. It would be whatever they call the Vegas team. It would be wild that within what five years they're going to get the Knights, the Raiders, this team, yeah. and probably within the next five years the A's will be there. Yeah, we'll go for, see that went from having no professional sports teams to four in the span of like 10 that's a great years. point. All while the city itself hasn't grown quite as much as people predicted. I feel like the the NBA team would need to be named uh, the Las Vegas Hardens, and it's <laughs> either it's either James Harden looking up at a stripper pole, or it's Metapod doing the most boring move in Pokemon history, and it's just I think Harden. I think they should call them like make it like a LeBron thing and call them the Las Vegas Kings. It's like a card thing, like cards. Yeah. Oh. So great! Oh, you win. But then this don't change the Sacramento Kings. Like there's two Kings. What's really funny is I forgot <laughs> I Sacramento <laughs> for a minute there. I was like, oh, it's such an awesome name. Why do people think about that? Sacramento. Has That's the reason. But like I don't think that needs to get in the way. Like either you just leave, you just you just call them the Kings still and it doesn't matter, or you make Sacramento change their name. Or you yeah. just or you just move Sacramento. Like, just move that franchise, like, into the Pacific Ocean and forget it. Oh, I think you're proposing we move the entire city of Sacramento in the Pacific. Because while I might be sympathetic to that, even Stevens uh, does take place there. So That's true. It's really too bad that the name is taken because if LeBron is involved, like, that 
combined with like the cards aspect of it is really too perfect you're picturing him as like the face of the king right like yeah like it's like yeah, it's like yeah. a card and yeah. he's like the the inverted version he's okay. like just king making James sure with the crown and like yeah oh man it'd be so cool yeah and you could have him at the top and his son at the bottom what about well bryce though where would you put bryce who's the real probably the best oh. super out of those kids is there a better one than there's one that's better than Bronny? um Oh, I, I don't want. I don't like. I don't want to comment on like. I don't want to judge kids who are children. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what I what I have heard is that like, Bronny puts in like a lot of work into it, um, and is very good player. But then like Bryce has um has like the body. He's like More he's like talent. he's like fifteen. He's like six eight. Wow. I guess like you know whatever. But Bronny's also just like an insane. He's like six three and just like an insane athlete and stuff. So after the he, break. Is Bryce better than Bronny? <laughs> oh, God. Um, but two things. I do want to say maybe the Kings can go back to their Cincinnati name when they were in Cincinnati, the Royals, and then Las Vegas can be the Kings. Oh. I think that I'm like, they should, they should tell the Kings, like, we will give you, actually, you pay us a million dollars and you can change your name to anything you want. And we will take that name Kings. The Las Vegas Kings. Like, it's too good to not have. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, Kyle, I hate to call you out on this, but they do have a professional team right there. It's the Las Vegas Aces. That's the best team name is the Las Vegas Aces. I love that. WNBA champion yeah. Las Vegas Aces. Yeah. So. Oh, I like that. What if it were like, what if it were Danny Ocean themed? Like somehow or other you got like Saul from the Ocean's Eleven crew to, to be like the new organist. <laughs> Just get like a participation from each of Ocean's Eleven. Except I mean, for Bernie Mac, rest in serious, peace. Uh, serious Flint Tropics vibes here. And that's what I'm yes. picturing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is not a very nice sort of, I, I think, nice sort of transition here. My number four kind of storyline here is called Stats Goat. Um, it's basically LeBron. LeBron's going to pass Kareem some point this year in sort of points. And then eventually, like, I was doing some, like, back of the back of the mat, like, back of the napkin math here. Like, probably could be, like, top four, top five in assists of all time. Wow. It's going to be top 10 in steals. Like, it's going to be number one minutes played. Like, I think once he's done. I was, like, projecting, like, if he has a 20% decrease over four years, plays 60 games. Like, what does that look like for him? And I think that's just, like, we don't have to get into, the, like, the Jordan versus LeBron debates. I think we did that in the last pod. Yeah. But just, like, we'd appreciate that's, like, this is, a, this is, the durability is, like, such a, a skill, really, and, like, discipline and, like, it's insane that we're gonna we, we lived in a lifetime where this player is gonna ascend so much in the statistics. And I realize that we live in this game, but it's like we live in this era with like higher pace of play and three point line, and all these things. But it's still, just I think really remarkable to to sort of see that in real life here. So I just wanted so that I think that was is also a really cool story, and that will happen somewhere. I think in February they were talking about. So that was really something really cool to kind of look at. I won't compare him to any other athletes who are going through a similar phase of their career but i will say there is something cool about sort of the just every week is a new thing like lebron is at the phase of his career where every week is a new thing and like you said top what did you say top four or five in assists like that's insane like the points thing the minutes thing it's almost he's just like he's just inevitable at this point. But assists, mm-hmm. that is wild. If you had said at the beginning of his career, tell me where he'll rank in points, you would have gotten some people who would say top 10. You would have. 
and they wouldn't have been silly. But if you had had anybody say top five or you know ten in assists and steals, people would have laughed at you because it, it just he, as great as he was, that speaks to the completeness of him as a player over so much time. It's just I don't know. It's just cool, like you said. I, they don't have like anything intelligent to say about it except that it's a cool coronation for a guy who really has just done it he's just been there and done it for so long he deserves it it's cool i hope he does it in the style of brady where which record was it was it passing yards where he took over first place in a game and he just because like it was going back and forth like breeze had it and then brady had it and when breeze did it they like stopped the game and like did all this shit and it was annoying and then when brady did it he was like all right next fucking down like let's go he didn't care Mm -hmm. i hope it's like closer to that because I will say that's it's like the the fun of watching people chase counting stats can be dampened by the fanfare surrounding it. Yeah, like the big Poppy thing wasn't counting stats, but the end of Poppy's career where every stop he made, there was some big ceremony. It just got old and it insisted upon itself in a way that it didn't need to. And I think if LeBron is unwise enough, and he often is, to forget that we all think he's amazing anyway and decides that it he needs to insist on this stuff, it will get old. But if he recognizes, hey, I'm loved enough, let's just let this happen, it will be even cooler. I, but I also think that well, he knows that, and also his focus at this point is, like, he needs, what, one more to tie Kobe? Yeah. Like, that's his focus. Like, yeah. I think, and so, like, it wouldn't surprise, I would be surprised if he if it became, like, thing that he was orchestrating on his end to to draw you know to make it like have a lot of fanfare but it's exciting like regardless of how you feel about lebron like i think most people could agree that it's fun to see someone in real time inserting themselves into a conversation with the greatest who have ever played the game like, it's just fun yeah i think that brian Winos and bill Simmons is a really good podcast about this like him staying with the Lakers and signing that extension is, like, a very clear signal that, like, previously he's always been, like, what is next? What is going to put me in championship? And this signal was more, like, I'm settled here watching Bryce and Bronny grow and his youngest daughter. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I kind of push back on that. Like, if he was – he's getting close, I understand it can be annoying. But I'm also, like, if I also did this huge, huge accomplishment thing, I would also gas myself up a little bit, kind of the way that Jerry does with his pizzas. And just like, you know, I, I would I would be excited about this sort of success I had. And I, I can understand where it get annoying, but I also like, you know, I, I'd like to, I would like him to have his moment. As I'm well. not saying he doesn't have the right. I just hope that like it's tastefully done. Yeah. That's all. I think he just needs to trust. He needs to trust that other people will pay attention to it, and he should trust that because they will. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um. Yeah, just also a little last little context here. Like, I think Durant, Durant's also top 10 of scoring, and he's not going to, I think, he'll maybe get the top. So, but it's like just an example of a contemporary who was like, I think, a better, pure scorer than LeBron. Yeah. But just like couldn't put together the durability. Not his fault, but just another sort of mm-hmm. comparing eras as well, like having sort of this peer here to also kind of mm-hmm. compare that. So, I know you guys do honorable mention now, and we're maybe running long here. So, I'll just. One honorable mention is that there's so many NBA storylines. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cleveland, like Cleveland. Like yes. The Clippers. Like, I, I mean, I was driving, I was talking to Kyle on the way over here. I was just thinking about all these storylines. 
like Orlando, Minneapolis, like I mean, there's all these different teams. I know we want to do this rapid fire, but it sounds like we're not going to talk about it. Why? I'm not being like facetious. What is the reason behind all this Clippers hype? Like, can you explain it? I'm not. Yeah. I'm again not trying to sound sarcastic, but I don't understand it. Like, and I was seeing somewhere that like they're favored to win the finals. Yeah, in some I mean for sure. Basically, health. Like they have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is back. Both of them completely back, like playing now. Not four to six weeks soldier, soldier <laughs> surgery last week. Like, mm-hmm. you know, their depth is like really, they have like six to eight like wing players that are all really, there's almost the problem, the biggest problem right now is like they almost have too many players that expect to not play too minutes. many yeah, not, not, not enough minutes. Their coach is probably a top five, top three coach, especially for that group there. Balmer, it's just spent, like he does not care. He will spend, he will spend, he'll push. Right, you're not dealing with the owner thing. So there's all this like, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it kind of come out of the blue for like maybe somebody who doesn't follow the NBA a lot, but it's basically like they're two best players, and one of them has been shown to be the best, a top three player. Why when he's yeah. right and he's playing? But that was 2019. Like I just like it seems weird to me to get this excited about a team that like I don't know. Like it's just. It's, it's I mean, like it's like when everyone was like freaking out about the Nets last year. Like, yes, on paper, if this team is playing together, they're going to be incredible. And I guess that's the point of like making preseason odds is you're not like going to make odds assuming that people aren't going to play. I just was surprised. Like I like when I saw that, I was like, oh, who'd they get? I guess the answer is they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But best shape of their life stuff we know is dangerous. But have you seen Kawhi's legs? <laughs> Seriously, Maybe that's I'm, why. David, you Maybe responded that's why like I'm you've so seen skeptical. them. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the the things about um, like I've seen the, the pictures of him. How he's just absolutely like he used to. I mean, he, he looks like a different human. He he's like a he looks like an like an NFL tight end. He I can't believe how huge his lower body is. Yeah. I I to be clear, I hope that they play at that level because yeah. I think like you were saying, Mike, like with the Cowboys, like it's more fun if the Clippers are really good. Like I actually like that storyline. I'd be rooting for it. Yeah. I just, I, I'm in, I'm uninformed and skeptical. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it. I have five letters legs here. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll tell a story, not since we're kind of in this topic right now. So senior year of high school, uh, we went to San Diego for a basketball tournament. And two of the guys on my team were being recruited by like San Diego State University. So they invited the whole team to come watch practice. And so we sat like 30 rows up and like blacked out. Like the stadium was blacked out except for the court. Cool. And like 10 minutes, like practice starts 10 minutes later, this guy walks on just like absolutely built like dreads and just like walks on and just gets into like the one-on-one drills with the guards. And just this guy's like six, seven then absolutely obliterates them. I'm just, you can tell he was just a different breed of person. I ended up being Kawhi Leonard. This is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so in cool. 2000, in winter 2010. Um, and I was like, holy cow, this, this is a different, different breed. That's so cool. That's and fun. so it's, it's been awesome to watch him kind of like grow, but like to have that sort of memory in my head about how he just was like a different person. He's just different in college. He's like D1 athletes at that level are like really special. And he's just like yeah. this outlier of outliers. Well, I was just going to say, I wish I wish I had an experience analogous to that because I've seen the step up lower than that. Like I've seen what it looks like to see a varsity player and then to see a college player and then a good college. But like that last jump, I don't think I've ever actually experienced that last jump live. And that must have been so cool to see. 
Yeah, especially in practice where, like, yeah, it's not everyone's game planning for you and stuff. Sorry, didn't mean to derail honorable mentions. I was just genuinely I mean, interested in that. I We have this discussion. I mean, this is what I was talking about. We have this discussion for the Timberwolves. Yeah, like, right. I mean, this is, the, yeah. this is the point. There's so many good storylines. You could have this conversation awesome. for each team, probably. So, um, yeah, so we'll lock into the top three here. Um, my number three is uh, the Nuggets finally ascend the peak. For those of you who don't know, you know, you have Michael Porter Jr. is back, who's a you know star. You have Jamal Murray's back. They had a really good signings with uh, KCP, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, Bones Highland got a lot of run last year as a rookie. Um, Aaron Gordon, like they've been playing together for a while. Their coach is good. Like great things. Like they're my dark horse sort of champions. Like I think they'll. I think they're gonna be really good. I was telling Sarah about this. Like they have the highest ceiling and like the middlest floor. <laughs> because Jokic is just like so good that they're they're going to be like you know they're going to be what they were last year but they can also just like win everything and I love like Jokic Jokic is like my spirit yeah. animal as like a <laughs> as like a big man to pass and stuff like that so I, I'm I'm super excited I mean to watch him play to to see him and stuff so it's it's exciting for that what are do you do you have any sense of what their odds are like are there already I'm sure there are odds now for championship favorites are uh, they like in that conversation or is that kind of like a dark horse pick they are they're probably in the inner sanctum but they're like leaning the back against the wall <laughs> not many people generally think about that damon targaryen yeah <laughs> pretty much they're damon targaryen i just looked it up and they're not top, they're not even the top six here let's see where are they they are they may see it here they are plus 2000 so they are kind of in the top top 10 here or top 12 okay i forgot what i was gonna say but yeah, no, I I think they they oh there was a, there was a there's a, like a line the other day where like they were supposed to like you know like they do like the guest or they do like the over under with Bill Simmons and mm-hmm. like the line was like fifty games or something. It was something insane where I was like they're gonna win like sixty. They could win sixty. Yeah. So um, I think it's just a really fun team to watch. I think it's just a really fun style of play as you were talking about earlier, Mike. Well, especially as it pertains because this has like that cross story thing where like how well they play will have a big effect on the MVP race, which we've already yeah. discussed is like another fun thing to follow. So yeah, if Jokic goes up 15% and they are the number one seed, it's like, you can't not get it. Yeah, it's a lock. Yeah. <laughs> He's winning that. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if you've seen these videos of, of Jokic riding horses back in, back in his home country. Poor horse. Riding a horse? The, oh, like he, yeah. he's like sitting. He's sitting in a cart that's being pulled by a horse. Oh, oh okay. Because I was picture that was very much like a mountain slash hound situation where you're like that poor horse poor animal. Yeah, start to feel bad for the horse. There's, there's also a video out there of like I think it's the day he got his like 200 plus million contract. And he's just like dancing shirtless like at like a, a village like festival. I did <laughs> see that. That was wonderful. I'm just picturing Winston uh, coming back from his his career in latvia where he's like i have i have a tip for you downhill basket better he's like oh okay anyway so speaking of foreign players foreign big guys who have lots and lots of skill there is this player named victor wambanyama kyle's nodding his head which should be indicative of like how exactly of how just crazy this like why why we're mentoring some french 18 year old Name, but basically, this is a guy who's he's the he's eighteen years old. He's out of France. He's projected to be the number one pick. He's been projected number one pick for like the last three years. Like I've seen him on videos of yeah, whatever. He's paint a picture. He's seven four. Um, 
you drop 36, 36 and 34 back-to-back games against a G League team. Wins like seven for 11 from three. I mean, he's very fluid. Dunks, blocks, everything. He, He's like, from a person who doesn't know anything, like, you can just, I watched like a, like a two-minute highlight thing mm-hmm. of him. And it was like, I couldn't, I wouldn't, it was like, I couldn't look away. He's just so like weird. Like you can tell that he's not normal. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like when you see KD and you're like, that guy just is like kind of different than everybody else out mm-hmm. there. But it was like that times like 1.25. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so, have you seen this guy play at all, Mike? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen just the clips from last week. It's I haven't like, been following, but I heard, I saw that, that, that game. It's just like weird that like a person that tall could then also like control the ball and like, it was just like even someone like me who doesn't appreciate any of this could yeah. tell that he was like different and special. Yeah, this is like I think I alluded to this many times in this podcast. Like this is why teams are tanking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the other thing is that like lottery odds have flattened. They've they made it so like the top couple picks get fourteen yeah. percent mm-hmm. and like the eighth pick has like a six percent. So you're gonna see teams that are like like the Pistons and like Sacramento who like starved for a playoff run, but also I'm like you know, we'd like a 5% chance of getting yeah. a once-in-a-generational talent here. Uh, so, one question. Why is he not Chet Holmgren? Like, why Why should I trust that he's not just going to snap in half? You can't. I think a lot of people have, a lot of people have talked about that. Um, I was reading that he, like, he sw- intentionally switched teams in France to play for a team that's, like, only plays once a week. He spends a lot more time, like, working on his body. Yeah. I think he's... Not that Chet Holmgren wasn't professional, wasn't professional, but like Victor has like a lot of resources, especially like the French yeah. basketball program has a lot of resources pouring into his body and what he is. Um, and like Chet Holmgren's thing was like, I don't think he got hurt because he was super skinny. I think he got hurt because he got hurt in a free play. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't like he's had like constant issues with his like legs or something like that. It, it was just he got he he went on his foot wrong. He's guarding LeBron. He would have done that in the NBA. Regardless, there's so. just like a, like I think a, a, a reasonable reason to be skeptical about players that are that tall. Just like yeah, does there's not there aren't that many success stories, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing this is really deep cut. If you watch him run, like you watch him run compared to Rudy Gobert run, and it looks like way smoother. Yeah, and that's like a big. It's not like a directly scientific thing, but it's like a. It's a it's no, but whereas, you can tell. Whereas yeah, when you, true. yeah, like a good like if you watch Porzingis run, it looks like he's made out of toothpicks. Like you can see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I I was recently uh, critiqued on my own running style, and evidently I look very stiff. I also watched. I did see a video of myself swinging a golf club recently. Good lord, I got a stretch. I get a stretch like. <laughs> I'm not even getting my club like three quarters of the way back. So, uh, but what I'm saying is that was not just looks. That's real. That is translating to my subpar athletic performance. And you can tell. You can tell who the athletes are when you watch them. And you can tell who's some chump who's got to stretch his obliques a little bit. Yeah. And I guess the last thing i say about this is Victor is like top of the draft class. Is what people. There's another guy behind him that he played called Scoot Anderson. It's kind of like wow, Russell Russell Westbrook with like a jump shot, like athletic. That's like scary. He, <laughs> I, I would say just like watch the highlights from that G League. He goes at Victor like he's he would be a number one pick any other year. Mm-hmm. 
And so you also have top two talent and there's some other guys at like Arkansas and stuff. So it, this is a big year for tanking. And it's going to be yeah. really, it's going to, it's going to be awesome. It'll be awesome to see that. Could change the landscape of the NBA for years to come. After, After the break. this. Will this change? <laughs> After the break, are the Lakers a Wembayama away from t- contending for another title? <laughs> I mean, just, just picture this. Close your eyes and picture this. Like Lakers, LeBron gets hurt. AD gets hurt. They miss the playoffs. They, they trade Russell Westbrook. They miss the playoffs. They get like a five percent chance. They yeah. get the number one pick, and Victor's in the Lakers. I mean, like that's a perhaps after a the break. Is... is the HR department at the Phoenix Suns hyperactive? That guy didn't say anything that bad. <laughs> this is a different channels after the break. Whoa, uh, um, is this parlor? All right, I have. <laughs> Going kind of the opposite direction of tanking, the my sort of number one pick here, and something I actually changed in the car ride over here because I was like, oh. "This was I, I this appeared to me in my head here." But um, I call it Philly's last stand, um, and it's really about like last stand is I think maybe an overused term about this. Like it's it's never really anyone's last stand. Maybe the players a little bit, but like this year is really the year where a lot of things are coming together. James Harden apparently is in shape. Jordan Lee's in shape and, and healthy. <laughs> you know, Daryl Morey, like, is this, like, he's brought in a lot of these players that yeah. fit that system. P.J. Tucker, Daniel House. You know, Doc Rivers as a coach, is that all his talent? Can he put together the process? This is the this is one of the results of the process from, from Philadelphia. You know, if God came down and said, David, you've been a very loyal sort of NBA fan, like, what would you like to see in the finals? I'd say like Nuggets and seven over like the 76ers. Like that would be mm-hmm. like an all time classic, like aesthetically pleasing kind of a game to watch. So that's, I know this is sort of the least amount of content for the, sort of the number one thing, but I think it's, it's going to be a really fun team to watch. It's going to be a really awesome sort of season um, from, from the Sixers perspective. What's different from last year that makes you think that like they could potentially make that jump? Is it like a full year of Harden, is it like an assumption that Embiid goes up like another ten percent? Like, is there like something that you feel like is gonna make it different? Because they went, did they make it to the conference finals? No, they they lost. No, they beat they beat Toronto last year and they lost to the Heat. Right, I, think, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things. One, full year of Harden, full year of like supposedly in shape Harden, right? Like he was yeah. kind of tanking the from that season. They've signed a bunch of players like PJ Tucker, like Daniel House, Montrose Harrell, like there's not a guy, Aldi Anthony Melton from from Memphis. That like players that fit a lot better. I think a lot of sort of Daryl's sort of hands in that. Tyrese Maxey's also gone up a level. And even preseason, you can tell he's like mm-hmm. a way better shooter. So you just have like a lot more cohesive of a team that doesn't have all this Ben Simmons distraction, like Jarbees on, on that. So I think it's more cohesion. I think it's a full year of that. I think it's, you know, everyone's rowing the right direction here. I really like, and this is completely stolen. This is not an original thought, but there is a comparison on a ringer thing today, like comparison, comparing Daryl Morey to Billy Bean, like this guy that mm. completely revolutionized his sport through analytics, but who has yet to like win a title mm-hmm. using his own like transformational kind of methodology for putting a team together. To me, like that is like by far the most fascinating aspect of this, of like this guy that like, it's like an exaggeration to say this is the last chance, but it's maybe his best chance in the last couple of years to like actually be on the winning end of a, of a process that he invented. I'd like that to me is so fascinating because like the Billy Bean thing is like 
<laughs> like the saddest thing. But like this would be like if Billy Bean was like, fuck this, I'm going to the Red Sox. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a no, right? Like Houston kind of pushed him out, right? The A's weren't pushing out Billy Well, Bean. whatever. Depending, like, but yeah. the point is that Daryl Morey now finds himself on like in a position where he has the resources and the control to like make the changes. And he's not being held back by any, like an organization. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he wasn't being too held back in Houston until the end there, but you're right. Yeah, this is, like, another iteration of this. I mean, my thing is that, like, especially even the Billy Bean thing, it's like, you're complaining that your team is winning a lot. You know what I mean? And I understand the championship or bust, but uh, yeah, we don't have to get into this discussion. But, yeah, you're right. That Daryl Morey is also an immensely awesome figure. And he's Northwestern alumni um, as well. Um, awesome oh, figure. To, what? Yeah. I didn't um, know that. He's an, he's an awesome figure sort of looming over kind of all of this as well in a sort of a, a good sense there. So I'm definitely a huge fan and really rooting for him to, to succeed. And it's also just fun I because I've got all these Philly relatives. It's like it's such a fun combination of the team's identity being this analytics type team with a hard scrabble city that loves a bruiser like a Joel Embiid. And hates somebody like Ben Simmons and has a short fuse for how much they can put up with kind of struggling and, you know, staying in place over the past few years. Like, it's just this funny, it's like a, it's kind of a cosmic gumbo situation where you've got like a, a city and a specific team and a methodology that are all coming together and it's either going to work perfectly and like you said, that's why it's the last stand. It's, it's either going to work perfectly and they're going to just rip off a run of, winning championships for the next two, three years, or everybody's going to say doc Rivers sucks. He never wins a championship and B needs to stop bitching and moaning. Daryl never won anything in Houston for a reason. Ah, blow it up. Like it's going to go one of those two ways, which is just fun. Yeah, for sure. So I, and I, I love Joe and He's like one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. I love his He's career. awesome. Love his, yeah. So it's, um, I'm, I'm really excited for, except for the whole NBA season. I think it's going to be, it starts tomorrow, which is really exciting. So, awesome. edit fast. Yeah, I will hope <laughs> that's not my me subtweeting Kyle about the speed of this podcast coming out. <laughs> I will make an effort to turn it around quickly. I don't think we'll have it out by tomorrow. <laughs> I like the assumption that Kyle has to do the editing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that was as much fun as I expected it to be. That was wonderful. Uh, do we do recap still or no? Recaps suck. Now let's recap. recap. We listen do to the, the recap. Do the recap. Let's go. Come on. Oh, you want me to do the recap? Yeah, just um, a real quick 10 to 1. Yeah, real, so real real, uh, real quick recapping this. Uh, number 10, I have Monster Garage and the Detroit <laughs> um, sort of resurgence of the Pistons. Number 9, I have the not Pelicans, but Pelicans. Nice. Um, just exciting about the New Orleans sort of basketball team, young core with Zion and Jose Alvarado. Please look him up on YouTube. Um, MVP this year. Will Doncic get it done? Jokic go back to back to back. You know, is Tatum going to ascend here? Uh, number seven. We, number seven. We have the Lakers trading Westbrook. This is more just like exciting ways to change the landscape of the NBA and also kind of the through line of tanking, which is sort of affects our later list. Five West and six Brook really. or Left Brook? <laughs> left after, break. after the break. <laughs> <laughs> um, five and six kind of go together. Uh, six is flush with cash, according to John Raphael. And number six, five is go West, young man. Just talking about you know NBA expansion, just the 
monopoly money coming through the NBA now in terms of valuations, what players are getting. It's all great. It's all awesome and is, you know, really sort of great entertainment. Number four is the stats go. LeBron going, you know, number one points per game, you know, number seven currently, but it can be top five in assists, top 10 in steals. It's going to be number one minutes played. Just a phenomenal sort of accomplishment to see in our lifetime. I'm now picturing uh, Rolf's goat from uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I just like had an image in my head of the stats goat of just the goat. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great pop culture goat. <laughs> Thank you. Also a great transition. Speaking of goats, we have the Nuggets. Very relatable. Number three yeah. is uh, <laughs> Nuggets finally ascending the peak. Can Jokic and this sort of repowered, un, you know, hopefully sort of healthy Nuggets team get to the finals and I can I can wear my Jokic shirt in, in pride. Uh, number two is now. I'm pi- hold on. Now I'm picturing a segment where you know how they'll sometimes have an animated character like intercut into what's going on in the scene. I'm picturing Yukon Cornelius and got his little pick, and he's picking away. On this side, it's silver. This side, it's gold. Where will the nuggets be after the break? <laughs> oh man, um, this is why these become a uh, like a visual visual. visual. Yeah. Be a YouTube series. Yeah, that would be a good one. We got to secure camera. the rights to Yukon Cornelius to begin. With. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that's our first buy our first we're like mickey mouse not interested get us yukon cornelius and some ad space on parlor <laughs> are we doing like some, some um knockoff of yukon cornelius like, like Alberta. Denali, yeah. <laughs> rhode island or something yeah <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, uh, number two, I have Victor Wambanyama, certified alien, as I should mm-hmm. have said. Um, seven four French French guy who moves like he's six foot five, and people should check him out. It's it's insane to watch. Um, a number number one, I have Philly's last stand. Um, I'll add a little quotes, sort of. Um, is really what is a last stand here in the NBA? But just you know, all these fun characters in terms of James Harden, Darmody, Embiid. The process, these role players, the city of Buttery Love, and sort of the city of champions they're becoming over Boston right now. Um, can they can they sort of make it there, make it sort of to the finals? Can they make it to the, to the mountaintop there? So, and just you know, so many storylines to talk about. This is going to be an awesome season. I look forward to sort of listening to this after the season, seeing how well, how well sort of uh, I've done here. I will say, from what I can recall, you did a good job last year. Like they all ended yeah. up being relevant, but. I assume it'll be the same again this year. So thank you for putting so much time and effort into this because this is fun. Yeah, this was wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad I get you guys out of retirement. And yeah, you did it. Figure out audio issues. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, so now, yeah, there's more stuff to say, right? Back when we used to do this, I think we used to do thank you. So we'll do that quickly. First, yeah. thank you to Kevin McLeod for the intro and the not top three music. Thank you, Kevin, whoever and wherever you are. I always also you- thank I think you said whenever. <laughs> Whoa. Wherever in time you are, Kevin. <laughs> Wherever and whenever. Whoa. In theory, at any time in the future, Kevin could hear this shout out. It's true. So wherever you, whenever you are, Kevin. I open up a, 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 what are those boxes called? Time vault thing. Yeah. Yeah. A time capsule. It's just like a, a little tape of these podcasts. <laughs> wherever and whenever you are opening this kevin this is like in tenet where kevin now has to like write a message in a capsule in the future and bury it in the ground for us to find is that what happened is that what happened in that movie 
purportedly. Anyway, you didn't see that? <laughs> Did you know that? Now I'll thank my sister Erin uh, for the artwork. It's fantastic. Go check her out on Instagram at Sant Designs. That's it. Uh- yeah, I don't. I don't have time. I don't have time to play games. Caroline ain't done shit for this podcast <laughs> in years. And she's, she's been asking like, for money. Yeah, she's she is money not get. She is not getting thanked for this. Listen, Mike. If you want Caroline to do stuff for this podcast, it's pretty simple. Bend over and make yeah. your knees touch your elbows. <laughs> touch your elbows. That's I. But as we were discussing earlier, right now I don't think I could make my knees touch my elbows. <laughs> yeah. I'm very stiff and inflexible. It reminds me of Jameson when that song comes on and he'll stand there and bring his knees like up to his elbow around chest height. Oh, perfect. <laughs> F that guy. Abs. F that guy. Like my my knees couldn't make it up to my elbows in my wildest dreams. You need to start working out with Adam Slaw. I think is the real solution here. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I can't believe it. He's so healthy. I was talking to him like, how's the climbing going? And I was like, elbows, wrists, fingers. He's like, nope, all good. It's unbelievable. Maybe I should take up what he's doing. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything to thank. Uh, I don't know. You're not listening to us on social. You're not checking us out on social media. Uh, but if you're like got a different app, cool. I don't know, Spotify, <laughs> Podbean, whatever. Who cares? We're past uh, it was this. great. We're, we're past that era of the podcast. <laughs> no, it was great. This was so fun. What a reunion. Uh, lovely chatting with you boys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Peace.